Hello and welcome. This is Jason, and you're listening to the Real Heroes of E-Commerce podcast. These days, everyone's talking about marketing and e-commerce, but few are talking about the people who matter most, the customers. In this podcast, we flip the script and sit down with real customers to get their perspective on online shopping and marketing. I hope it inspires ideas and strategies for your own e-commerce business. In this episode, we talk meal kits with two people who have very different experiences. First up, we have Vince from France who canceled his subscriptions before his first box arrived. And then we'll talk with Travis from Kansas, who is a longtime subscriber and has tried several of the big names. You're going to get a lot out of this one, so we'll get right into it. Good, thanks. And you? I'm doing well. So you are in France, right? Yes, yes, I'm French. I hope the dear viewers can't hear it, but I'm French, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try not to do the French accent too much. <laughs> nice. All right, so I actually found um, a post of yours on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you were talking about meal kits. And yeah. so I, I wanted to talk about your experience with that and, and just kind of get into how you, you know, got interested in meal kits and everything about it. Well, the thing is, you know, um, I own an SEO agency and and we kind of market ourselves towards subscription brands. So after a while hearing about you know software subscription but also boxes subscription and and meal kits i i just figured i'd try one you know see what the experience was about mm-hmm. and obviously i'm a father of two i'm 30 something years old and i don't have a lot of time on my hands because my kids are small mm-hmm. still still um, infants and so that means that the, the appeal was kind of good that you know you take the hassle of being creative with whatever you're eating um and and start eating some some more refreshing stuff or you know so that that, the promise was good the promise is is what drawn me to it i think did you cook a lot before um i like to cook i just don't have the time right (laughs) yeah so how did you when you started searching for which subscription you wanted to try out did you have anything in mind yeah, well, you know, as as you know specifically for the meal kits, and I'm I'm, I'm sorry if this is I'm, I'm seeing this as a marketing professional, right? So specifically for meal kits, they're really, really, really aggressive because they know that their business is a business of scale. They need the scale because you can't run a meal kit with a thousand subscribers like you could a nutrition supplement box or whatever. So you need a lot of scale to make it work with your suppliers and stuff. So they're really, really aggressive with their um marketing so i just went with i think with the the most aggressive brand i guess <laughs> here in france uh where they advertise pretty much everywhere so which one is i it? think um it's hello fresh okay and um yeah i think in this case their marketing worked mm-hmm. which which is good for them um was it just the frequency that you saw it all the time or was there something specific that drew you into that one instead of another no i think the brand recognition the fact that you know it's a it's a, an international brand they they operate in several countries so that means that their business model is solid that they're they know how, how to operate they're not a, a small player so i think you know it was just the it's just the easy choice sometimes we just make the easy choice right right path of least resistance least resistance exactly like you're like you're 
you're browsing Netflix to watch a show and you watch that show everyone talks about. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so did you did you compare any after you had kind of looked into HelloFresh or just went straight to it? No, no, I went straight to it. Um, so as you know, for these these subscriptions, as you know, maybe you don't know, maybe viewers don't know, but the customer acquisition costs are, are really high because what their business model is based on subscriptions, so lifetime value. So their business model is based on you finding the service good enough to keep to stay subscribed. Mm-hmm. So what they tend to do is give you huge discounts at first. And okay. so the first few boxes that they, you know, basically the the first box, you pay 50% of the value. And then the second box, you pay 60%. Then the third one, you pay maybe 75 to 80%. And then it goes up to 100% after a few, the, few, the first few boxes. So same thing, the, the cost of entry is really low because you're getting discounts for the first four boxes. So mm-hmm. I just went straight saying, okay, I want, you know, uh, five meals for three people and it ended up costing me like 45 euros or something for about 45 meals so it was i mean 45 servings so it was actually a good deal um so you know you just think why not <laughs> just try right. it how did you like it um so i liked the the um service all right um, I didn't like the customer experience, which is why you reached out to me. Right. Because <laughs> in the end, what en- what ended up happening is that um, they charge me for three boxes instead of one. And mm-hmm. they wouldn't hear that I didn't buy three boxes for 45 servings on my own. Mm-hmm. And so they they didn't want to cancel the the charges, basically, uh, for the for the boxes that and that they wouldn't delay the deliveries they wouldn't hear anything basically mm-hmm. and so yeah and so that prompted me because i'm in the subscription space a little bit that's that prompted me to just talk about it on linkedin because that's what people do when they are when they are not ha- not happy mm-hmm. and um well this is why we're talking now <laughs> because right um it, yeah it was puzzling to me how such a recognized brand can have such a bad customer service or customer experience mm-hmm. also for a first time customer because they're spending you know the discounts that they give over the four, first four boxes is roughly equal to 100 euros so that means that their customer acquisition cost is at least 100 euros they think it's it's actually cheaper for them to give you the these discounts on their websites rather than you know run ads or whatever so it's at least that Mm-hmm. And so they just threw that money out the window because they wouldn't just give me a good experience. Did you cancel it? Yeah, yeah, I canceled it immediately. Yeah, I, I took the th- first three deliveries that I, you know, I couldn't do anything else, and then I canceled it. Okay, um, so they didn't try to refund or any no. of the boxes. No, they they tried to refund one, and then they called me back saying, you know, they couldn't actually refund more than one. And they ended up not refunding. Oh. Yeah. So, so yeah, to think that they've spent a hundred euros acquiring a customer to just let them go after, you know, I, at this time when I canceled, I didn't, I hadn't seen the product at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I hadn't had a box. I hadn't had, I, I didn't cook a meal. I didn't taste it. I didn't, you know, nothing. It was just, mm-hmm. Before even experiencing any of the service, 
before it even was delivered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after it was delivered, how was the food? Um, I, I think the concept was really great. Um, I think it's expensive when it is full price, which is mm. probably why they it's so expensive for them to acquire customers and keep them. But other than that, the the recipes were great. The meal were the meals were great as well. Like the overall product itself was great, but the experience wasn't. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, I'm saying this because I know your show is about e-commerce in general, but it's it's true for e-commerce brands, but it's also true for most subscription brands. Is that your your total experience has to be more than the sum of the product's parts. And what that means is you don't just sell a product or you don't just sell a service. It has to be more than that. Because if you're only selling the product, then people will go to Amazon or they, they will go to whoever is the cheapest on the market for that product. You know, mm-hmm. it has to be greater than that. They have to have greater value. And that value can come from, you know, feeling that they're part of a community or that kind of thing. You know, any any way you can find to provide more value, you should do it because otherwise people will leave. And uh, yeah, so that's why I ended up not wanting to renew that experience because in the end, the product itself is not enough because I can go myself. It, it, it removes just a a small hassle, right? It just removes a small hassle from my life to just think about it. So the product itself is not enough. I need more. I mean, I, their customers need more which is why um that experience wasn't great because i didn't get much value out of it so now that you've tried one do you think you'll ever try another one um yeah probably i mean at some point i'm not yet ready to do it but at some point yeah um i also found when i tried and look for other providers that you know there are specifically because i'm in france but there are there are small french companies or smaller french companies but they don't they don't have the the aura Mm -hmm. that HelloFresh has and so that brand equity thing comes in where you're not really sure whether you're going to have good service because you just don't know the brand Mm -hmm. and like it's a specifically for that product where it's a food a food thing then you know the the perceived value has to be really high because you're trusting people with something that's kind of intimate, like the way you eat and and mm-hmm. the, the quality of the ingredients and the the health concerns as well. So, right, um, yeah, I think I will at some point, just like not today, probably. <laughs> <laughs> right? Are you? Do you have any other subscriptions? Since you said you're um, in no, space. I mean- I mean, apart from the usual like Netflix and I, I do have a lot of software subscriptions for work. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Like people tend to forget that subscription is more than just product. It's, it's also a lot of, we have, we, we consume most, we mostly consume service subscription. So mm-hmm. either, either software or is, you know, streaming entertainment, whatever. So yeah, I've got my Netflix subscription. I probably have like Prime as well, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any other product subscriptions, no. Okay. Yeah, I've actually never done a subscription before. I always <clears throat> figured, you know, I'd rather go to the store, especially when it comes to like the clothing boxes. Yeah, well, this is exactly what I was saying is it you need to feel like you're getting more value than the, just the product. What you're saying is, you know, I have the product, 
but the product is not enough for me to just buy from you because I know it's going to be more expensive than if I mm -hmm. do it myself. But the second you actually have more than the product. So for example, for the closed subscription, people will say, oh, we'll fit, you will tailor the, the selection to your style or we'll tailor to the brands you like or whatever. Then that can, that for some people, that's a form of value that they actually uh, like. Mm -hmm. And so they subscribe, but it's a very difficult industry to be in. Also mm -hmm. because customers are really they're really brutal, so to speak. So the minute the product, they don't like the product or the minute they don't like the software or whatever, they will churn, they will leave the, the subscription, they will cancel. Mm -hmm. um, One thing I noticed a lot of is it seemed like subscriptions were more popular within marketing professionals wanting to turn their business into a subscription model when it really didn't make sense for the customers. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've come across some companies like that where <clears throat> they feel like the right move for them is to sell a subscription. Mm -hmm. But then as, as someone from the outside looking in, you're saying, why are you trying to do this? It just doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> to buy anything like this. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. I mean, it's a, it's a business model that, you know, during COVID and the pandemic and when everyone was at home, it really saw a huge boom. Mm -hmm. Basic, the product subscription, at least, they saw a huge boom. And then obviously once people started like you, like yourself saying, I can go to the store. Well, yeah, once you can go to the store, that clothing subscription box may not be as valuable mm -hmm. as when you couldn't go to the store. Right. So it's also like there was a kind of a hype that gradually faded away, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Everything went one way during the pandemic. And then when it started to go the other way, all those businesses like Peloton, for example, um, yeah. that just skyrocketed, just kind of came down rather quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, I mean I'm not, I'm not an expert. I just saw the news like everyone else, but it's, it's kind of the same thing for Netflix as well, where, you know, they had their, they, they had a huge growth when the pandemic hit and they people kept their subscriptions for for a year or so mm -hmm. and now they notice that you know there's only so much you can watch mm -hmm. which is why it's so a battle for attention as well there's only some so much you can watch or so much you can turn your attention to in one day so you don't need 80 streaming subscriptions you don't need yeah. 80 software subscriptions you don't need you know you just need one that does the job mm -hmm. or that provides value which is why you know netflix is always always adding new shows, trying to please everyone from kids to, you know, horror movie fans or whatever, because they know that this is the core of their business is this is if, if they want to uh, keep their subscribers, basically they need to always provide fresh content. Yeah. I think I stopped my Netflix subscription about a year ago. I'm going to probably start it again so I can watch Stranger Things 4, but I probably won't keep going after yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Their goal is to just give you enough Stranger, Thing, Stranger Things for stuff mm -hmm. that's like like that that you like, so that you you still you still subscribe. But it's it's pretty hard, especially in the in the cinema industry, where you know it's it's way more expensive to shot, shoot a new series than mm -hmm. it is to add a feature to a piece of software. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> My neighbor got. Um... HelloFresh or Blue Apron or something. Yeah. 
And I always wondered about the, the packaging on it. It seemed like there was um, just a lot of excess packaging for, for what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's something that was kind of concerning to me as well because we, we got a lot of recipes with cheese, for example, and then they mm -hmm. come in this individual, I mean, it's not an individual because it's tied to the number of servings in your recipe, mm -hmm. but individual servings. And then if you do batch, if you batch cook or something, if you do batch cooking, then you end up opening a lot of plastic stuff for, you know, just for that. In the end, it's not an eco-friendly way of doing things that's for sure okay that's what i was wondering since i since i'd never opened a box myself well you know i think in the end the in the the value of the subscription and and they know that but the value of, it, of the subscription in the, is in the peace of mind so giving you the recipes giving you the instructions and giving you everything packaged neatly so that you can use it mm -hmm. and so the way they make money is by more or less having decent ingredients but just just decent you know they're mm -hmm. not going to give you the great ingredients that are going to make the food taste so good because they know that if they if they do that they have to work with like local farmers or whatever they can't make economies of scale they can't do that so they can't run the business correctly mm -hmm. and that ends up with you know if you can see the the real value if you can if you yourself, you experience the value of having that peace of mind, that's fine. But if you only go towards it for the product, then it's prob you're probably going to be disappointed, I think. Very interesting. Also, because something I didn't something I didn't expect was that because the delivery is fresh delivery, mm -hmm. you have to be there when they deliver. And in my case, it didn't fit with my schedule. Because for some reason, the delivery guy was supposed to, to be there at 1 p.m. And I was out on, at, at lunch with friends, with the kids and stuff. So I couldn't actually welcome the guy. Mm -hmm. And the peace of mind instantly goes away because you actually have to schedule your day, your Saturday for the delivery. That So it ends up taking you more time than just going to the store and buying the groceries, <laughs> you know? That defeats the purpose. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, it's a long chain of interactions that they have to optimize. But I mm -hmm. think this one is probably really hard. Um, what, what I do wonder, though, is why most local stores don't do more of that. Good point. Right? You could have like baskets or whatever. I don't know exactly how that could work, but... You could have baskets with recipes and you buy that at a, at a premium, like with ex, for extra cash, mm -hmm. but you're still going to the store. You're still getting the same quality ingredients that you would get. I think that a lot of people would see value in that, in my opinion. Make more sense, especially, I mean, they have deli workers, bakery workers. Mm -hmm. They have people who already prepare food. That would Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to call a grocery store and tell them <laughs> to get on that. Yeah, yeah, tell them to do that. Or you just launch the concept, franchise it. And then... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, that's the business model of um, uh, sports organizations. You know, like sports organizations like, like CrossFit or Les Mills or these kinds of certifications, they just sell you the label. Mm -hmm. and, so you, and so if you want to have that label in your gym, 
then you need to pay for the training, the official training. And I think for CrossFit, because I do CrossFit, I think for CrossFit is like 1K per year or mm -hmm. something. So you think to yourself, oh, for a business, 1K per year isn't really expensive. But like if they have, you know, 50,000 to 100,000 gyms worldwide, you're thinking these guys make a shit ton of money not doing anything but putting their name <laughs> on other people's stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you could do that with that exact concept. <laughs> I'm going to go write I a business plan. All right. That was a lot of good stuff. And now we're going to talk with Travis, who's been using meal kits for years and to get his take on the industry. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about meal kits. And you had mentioned that you've been a meal kit subscriber for years. Yeah, I started you know, five or six years ago, um, about when our uh, my son was born. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was uh, an interesting idea. I, I love to cook, and my wife doesn't cook at all. So, um, oh. <laughs> uh, you know, it provided, I, I like the idea that it, provided um, uh, new interesting ingredients. Um, I like the concept of little to no food waste, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not having to go to the grocery store as much. Um, yeah. And I, once you kind of commit to the idea of not having to go do the groceries uh, and buy as much and kind of supplement or replace, you know, with the uh, meal kit, it, it's, it's not as uh, expensive as it seems. Really? Just because you don't buy as much or because the, the meal kits are cheaper? Um, well, it, it is more expensive. Uh, you know, you could certainly go buy those ingredients yourself and uh, cook them for a lower price. Um, but, you know, typically we'd find ourselves going and buying, you know, you, you don't need, um, for instance, herbs, you know, if you buy a thing of basil or something, you know, it, it's really hard to use all of it. Um, you know, so if you go and buy groceries once a month or something, then, you know, you're spending a lot of money uh, and you're wasting a lot. Mm -hmm. So this is a lot more um, efficient. Okay. How did you first come across the idea of milk kits? Um, you know, I, I don't exactly recall. I'm sure it was an advertisement of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, we started on a blue apron. Um, and I did that for about a year. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how it was introduced to me first, but. Okay. So you tried blue ribbon for a year, but then you moved on to a different one. Uh, which one was next? Um, I think I briefly tried hello fresh. Um, and I didn't, the ingredients seemed not to be as good of a quality. Um, mm -hmm. and then I, I landed on one called plated, um, I've heard of that. Yeah. And honestly, that, that was, has been my favorite, but it didn't last, um, <laughs> I had, oh, maybe a year with plated. Um, but it had the most diverse, complicated recipes, which, um, I actually really like. Because it's more fun to cook. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I remember their commercials a while back, but I haven't seen them around. I guess they're out of business. I think they were purchased by like a Wegmans or something. So, oh, okay. 
like walk into their grocery store and buy the kit, but they don't ship anymore. Okay. So no home delivery on that one. No. I started doing something interesting at that point. Um, I kind of took it to the next level where I started, um, I subscribed to now four different meal kit subscriptions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with the concept that you don't have to commit every single week, you can skip anytime you want. And um, so I'll pick whichever one I like the best. Um, Weekly? Yeah. So I might, right now, primarily I do Marley Spoon. um, And that seems to, like, it's a competition between them all. You know, I, I have four open subscriptions. You know, which recipes do I like and enjoy this week um and then i'll pick it usually marley spoon they they seem to have the closest um recipes in terms of complication and, and fun to cook as the plated did mm-hmm. so you just go on their website every week and and see what they have coming up yeah i actually plan out you know most of them have about a month or a month and a half in advance of mm-hmm. recipes available to pick from and so I'll schedule our meals for the next month or so. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. So do you still need to go to the grocery store for any other staples or? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll try and do, uh, I still enjoy cooking, you know, my my own food. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I, I'm not scheduling these meals for every single night. It's more like, you know, uh, maybe five nights out of the week. And then the other two are my own free nights to do, do what I want. Okay. Very cool. So if I were to start looking for my own, you know, meal kit subscription, how would you suggest or advise me to go look for my, for what's right for me? Well, um, I'd say, you know, how much you like cooking. Definitely. I like cooking a lot. Yeah. So I, it's kind of popular now, maybe within the last year, I've seen a lot of them pop up where they do a lot of the work for you, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it shows up and you might just even pop it in the oven or, you know, even the microwave, I think. And so there's very little actual cooking that you're doing on, on those, but, um, you know, so if you want something that's a little more involved, I mean, literally it's, it's raw ingredients. So you are prepping, chopping um, you know, cooking all of them. Um, some of them, like say I've tried, is it purple carrot, uh, or no, I'm sorry, sun basket. Um, they have really fun recipes, but a lot of the like sauces and things are already done for you. So you're just kind of like pouring things in and mixing them. Um, and that's, that's not as exciting for me. So I'd say whatever your level of, um, degree of cooking that you want to be involved in would be a, a good starting point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one interesting thing by doing three or four at a time, um, you know, I can um, say cancel uh, one of the subscriptions. And then within a few weeks, they usually send me a, a discount, like, Hey, come back and we'll give you half off the next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, worth of boxes so by kind of juggling all of those you can usually you know cancel and then resubscribe and and kind of get a good deal that way too yeah nice little workaround <laughs> they're very aggressive in getting their customers in the door and subscribe you know by giving you really deep discounts up front mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've heard that. Interesting. <clears throat> so what would you advise for these companies who are trying to reach people like you? Hmm. Well, um, you know, the reason why I stick with Marley Spoon, um, a, you know, they have that variety in terms of the complication of recipes, which is cool. Um, a lot of the other ones don't. And they also have a fixed price. And that's been a changing thing over the last year as um, meat prices have skyrocketed or, you know, uh, the proteins mostly, you know, a lot of them are now charging a premium if you want something, you know, that has steak in it. Um, Marley Spoon does not do that. So they have a, a fixed price. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... If they wanted to reach, well, they're certainly doing the right thing, I think, in being aggressive and giving people free boxes or heavily discounted boxes to get them in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's that idea of committing to it uh, and, and replacing your normal, um, you know, going to the grocery store all the time. If they get you to stop doing that and more commit to what they're doing, you know, that's what has really got us hooked on it and, and staying on it. Mm-hmm. So what, what did it take to make you committed to it? Um, I, it was just a personal decision. You know, like we really like doing it. I like the convenience. Um, I've shared, you know, you can share free boxes with your friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And also I've shared them and they've tried it. And I don't think any of them have gone beyond like those first few boxes. Um, so I, there's a commitment that they have to kind of jump into um, if they want to, you know, keep their customers doing it. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. All right. Thank you for your feedback on that. Okay. That is all for this episode. Thanks again to our guests. And if you want to hear more of these, subscribe to the podcast. We will be back next Tuesday to talk about standing desks. Oops, sorry. Sit stand desks and how work from home is horrible for our spines. Have a good one.